That's why the whole model was go raise a bunch of money because the only way to build anything useful was when you had a million dollars in cash in the bank. But now there's this whole movement of bootstrapping because you don't need that. You do not need that. And the failure rate on these companies when they raise millions of dollars is extremely high. It's so high. So it's like we have an advantage. I think these bootstrap service businesses, marketing agencies, like you have an advantage you don't even realize like to do something incredible, honestly, to build an amazing product. This is Digital Marketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you should be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Lucas James, the CEO and co-founder of Twiz, and we're talking no-code app development and whatever else you could do with no-code using AI. So welcome, Lucas. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right, so let's get into it. I think uh, you know a lot of marketers uh, aren't really familiar with no code, and one of the things we're saying here at Digital Marketer is that you know you have to start evolving your lead magnets. You know the the classic you know tear sheets and swipe files and PDFs and all that kind of junk uh, are probably you know they're still effective right now, but I think the expectation of users is that they want the thing they're downloading to do something for them. So uh, why, why don't just start with an introduction into what no code is. Yeah, that's a great question. So for a little bit of background, um, NoCode is a conglomerate of a couple of different technologies. It's this broad term that encapsulates things like Webflow, if you've used that platform for designing websites, uh, Zapier for doing automations. Uh, you can also use make.com for that too. It's another good platform. And then bubble.io. Now, what I've kind of come to with no code is that, you know, technically no code has been around for a long time. You know, sites like Squarespace are basically easier ways to build a website that required no traditional coding, even though you can do some coding in it. So I actually kind of like to look at no code as this continuation of technolo technological development that makes it easier and easier for non-developers to build software. So that's how I define it. I love that. Well, and I love it, you know, not that I uh, don't enjoy working with programmers and uh, you know, other designers, but a lot of times when you're trying to make something, you know, my, my own creative process, the reason why I learned how to do a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of coding and, and graphic design elements was just because it was part of my ideation process. Like I, you know, like making the thing, trying the thing and then refining it. Is that kind of what you found in terms of, uh, you know, developing new apps that just kind of opens up uh, possibilities? Yes. So I had scaled my agency, uh, still the same business, Twiz.io. We just have multiple things we offer in there. One of them is a software product, but I had scaled my agency and I decided that I wanted to build my own software about two years ago. So I started to work with developers. I did the whole traditional custom development thing and um, great developers, actually just awesome people, but it was taking so long and they were all really good. They were actually getting paid over six figures at these other companies they were working with and they were working with me on the side just to kind of do this and get it going. Uh, but it just took so long. And then a friend of me, friend of mine told me that uh, you could do something with bubble.io, which honestly, when I first heard of it, I was like, this can't be possible. This is complete rubbish. Like there's no way you can make this work. But I actually saw what he was putting together and I was like, this is incredible. This is actually so much more that he was able to do in such a short time period than what I've been doing with my development. So to your question about, you know, 
does it feel better to have some sort of control over the process and iteration design and actually being able to get your hands dirty? The answer is definitely yes. I went from working and having developers that I was basically paying to do this and not having any way to really get involved to being able to actually spend over 3000 hours over the last two years, building most of it myself, and then eventually adding in a team of bubble developers who can keep it going. But that creative control is so awesome. It's such an amazing feeling. Oh, well, I love how you mentioned the time component too, because I think that's, uh, you know, you get so excited to start these new projects and, oh, or you have the, you know, the whole dream up meeting where you're coming up with all the ideas and then you have to wait, you know, maybe a month for the quote. <laughs> you get another month for like maybe a sort of functional mockup and then another month. And then by the time you get anything that even resembles what you thought about doing, it's now been six months to a year. And, you know, nobody has time for that. So I think that's that's actually one of the biggest benefits. Uh, and then the cost, you know, the, the cost is, and I think that's what really dried up the original uh, kind of app boom back in the early 2010s was that once people actually got going, it was like, oh yeah, it's going to cost half a million dollars. And there's no guarantee that that's going to make any money at all. This is just the idea. So I'll, tell, I'll, I'll get you a little behind the scenes. Basically, since we started, we started off as a marketing agency, we still are, but once we got the product to over a thousand businesses, people started asking us to build some software for them. So we've been doing that. Well, there is a client we're working with right now who has paid us about, I think it's $20,000 or something. But a friend of him actually asked, a friend of his actually looked at the software that we had built in only just like two months and thought that we had, he had paid $100,000 for it. So I feel like just in terms of the perception of people who are spending money on custom code, it is such an, an incredible difference in cost. Like we're talking magnitude five to 10 X cheaper and, and definitely 10 X if you learn how to do it yourself. I mean, the cost goes down dramatically because then you can co-program, co-develop. You don't have to just wait on someone else to do it all for you. You can actually get involved. So. Oh, well, the thing is, it's like, you know, the process, you know, you're the person who came up with the idea, you know what you want it to do. And then, you know, not everybody's really good at describing what they want. And so there's always this kind of like, oh, I thought you wanted it to do that. Or worse is the programmers like, well, I think it should work this way. And so they go ahead and develop it their way without any kind of consideration for for you. So I, I, I can totally see how you end up with a better product. Also, you get to tell, you know, they're not starting from scratch. And so even if you do, you want to refine it, you want to make sure that it's, uh, you know, compatible on all the different platforms. And that's the boring technical side. You could just hand that off and here you saved yourself a million dollars. So exactly. yeah, I love it. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. In some cases, yes. So for your product uh, itself, you want to just walk through kind of like the, from going from the idea and then kind of how, you know, the components that you came up with yourself. So when I did, we launched the product back in 20, December, 2021, and it was initially just a referral platform for marketing agencies. Other agencies could find other agencies and basically just look them up and refer business back and forth through the platform. I went and I just developed like crazy, just did all these features. Not really the best way to do it. I think I was a little um, obsessed with how quickly you could build things in Bubble. I just thought, okay, I'm gonna build a ton of stuff myself. Like, wow, I can build this huge app. But you still need to have development principles. So we did actually get it to a pretty big size and that was really exciting. Um, but I didn't really have any experience building apps in general. So we then launched a second version and that second version was good, but it still wasn't what we wanted. So we eventually built a team out who could help us with the planning, the designing, everything like that. And so now with version three, 
it's actually following the same kind of development process that you would with traditional development, but just for five times cheaper. Uh, and, and honestly, probably about the same in terms of speed uh, improvements. So what I would say is my process was very much getting my hands dirty, building it, starting development right away. Not And, and we were actually able to charge the same week we launched the first version. So it wasn't like it took months or weeks to get payments in. It was like immediate, right? So that was the process. The second thing that I'll say was a huge shift was at the beginning, you know how they say you should listen to users and have build stuff based around what they want. That's true. But the advantage we have is digital marketing agencies. If you're a digital marketing agency listening to this platform or you're any kind of agency or service business is you could actually build stuff based on a process that you have complete knowledge of. You know, when a, when a user tells you something like, I want this in a software, I want this as a feature, they don't fully know everything about like how that feature should be developed. And so if you just build purely based on what they say, you're probably going to be missing some things. But with an agency, you can say, hey, I have this problem. And then you can build something that solves that problem. You could have your team use it, which is all your initial users to iron out the kinks. And then you just license it, right? And you sell it as a software that you could purchase for $97 per month. And that principle of self-usage, which is what I'm calling it, I don't know, it's probably something someone else already came up with, but I'm calling it internally, is uh, really pivotal. It's it's everything because it makes everything so easy. You're just like, this works for me. It's going to work for other people who are like me, you know? Uh, I, I love that. Well, and I think for, you know, just in, in that classic development cycle, you know, once you're on a deadline and you're like, eh, maybe you have investors, maybe you have a boss and you said, well, it's going to come out on this date, like you'll skip all the testing and you'll be like, that's eh, good enough. We'll do it in version two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> version exactly. Three. Oh, well, exactly. we got that on the roadmap, right? And so we'll we'll take care of it later on. But I, I love the pro. Well, in the process, it's almost like real time, right? Because since the the no code tools, you don't have to think through the process and the definitions of different fields and all that kind of junk. You could just go in and is it drag and drop or how does it? It's uh, drag and drop. Yeah, it's complete drag and drop. But what I would say is it's drag and drop, but also gives you the same flexibility to add custom code if you wanted to. You can actually add it to the front end or the back end. You can create your own custom plugins and you could run all kinds of workflows. So think of it as, um, you know, a lot of people are saying nowadays that they're going to start teaching software development in schools and people are just going to learn to code in schools, which they are to a lot of large extent now. But I actually think they're going to be teaching visual programming because it's more forward thinking because this is the next level of development. It's kind of like how original languages had, you know, literally ones and zeros you're working with. That doesn't exist. That is a software development language. And when they transition to things like Python and these like higher advanced languages, there was always people who would say, oh, there's no way they're going to go to that. You got to go pure binary. You got to go pure, pure, easiest, lowest level of abstraction, like when you're building on this. But that just obviously history has shown that that's not the case. So it is drag and drop, but you should think of it as basically what programming will become. It, It will become this, I think. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Cause I think for a lot of people, especially if you have any kind of knowledge of programming, like you will, uh, kind of inherit restrictions that you made yourself where you're like, well, I know that I know how difficult what you just asked for is going to be. So instead of doing what you asked for, I'm going to convince you to do this easier solution or the simpler solution. Right. Cause I know it'll work that might work, but it might not. And then, then we wasted a bunch of time going down that path. So I think it's, it's almost like a self-governance made your product lamer because 
that's what was possible. Yes. Also, it's just really hard to get any kind of features out when you have that much cost. I mean, you don't really have speed. That's why the whole model was go raise a bunch of money because the only way to build anything useful was when you had a million dollars in cash in the bank. But now there's this whole movement of bootstrapping because you don't need that. You do not need that. And the failure rate on these companies when they raise millions of dollars is extremely high. It's so high. So it's like we have an advantage, I think, uh, these bootstrap service businesses, marketing agencies. It's like you have an advantage you don't even realize like to do something incredible, honestly, to build an amazing product. That's amazing. I, well, I think it's a whole new world too, because I, you know, a couple of points I've seen in terms of, you know, marketing agencies serving their clients is the clients are, I think everybody's going to be convinced that there's a solution that is so simple and instant that it could exist. Whereas I think, you know, leading up until now, you'd be like, well, I know there's a solution out there. I'm going to have to research, talk to a bunch of people, uh, you know, limit my expectations, and then I'll find a solution versus, I think what people are going to want from apps is, hey, you said you could calculate my ROI for social media. Where do I put the numbers in and can I get this done right now? Like, I don't want to submit a form. I don't want to wait. So do it right now. Hey, everyone. I want to quickly interrupt the podcast for a special announcement. If you're listening to this podcast because you want to become a better marketer, then I want to share with you what I believe to be the most comprehensive digital marketing program on the market today. It's called the Digital Marketing Mastery Certification. You'll learn to leverage the tools and channels to predictably and profitably drive awareness, leads, sales, and referrals. Everything you need to know to become a true master of digital marketing. We'll take an in-depth look at the core digital marketing competencies, including content, email, social media, community, digital advertising, data and optimization, and more. After earning your digital marketing strategy certificate, you'll have the tools to effectively reach your target audience through a full scope marketing strategy. Get started today at digitalmarketing.com slash strategy cert. So, so in that sense, in terms of, because you mentioned uh, digital marketing agencies quite a bit, where do you see the application? Like, do you see it as a new service that, that marketers can offer or? So basically what we're building is it started off as a referral tool, but then I started using it to track leads that we generate for our clients. Um, so that's, again, like having that self-usage. We use it to track our own leads and then we use it to track our clients' leads. And to your point about calculating ROI, right now, the way I do that is through a spreadsheet. I basically go into a spreadsheet and I have all the numbers and I calculate it through these like formulas and stuff. But again, with this software, the hope is that, uh, and right now what you can do is you actually can connect your Stripe account and you can connect your Calendly account and it will show you all the meetings and all the payments that are coming through your platforms and then calculate in real time. This person uh, took this many meetings, generated this much revenue and literally do all the things that you would need for like revenue intelligence and uh, mapping out ROI, which is hugely important for sales teams. If you're a lead generation agency, you could use the platform to basically manage all your clients, have them plug in their Calendly accounts, have them plug in their Stripe accounts. And then you have something you, you never had before, which is, you might be doing something for a company, but unless you're doing like advertising, you, a lot of times you don't have that direct impact on how much money you've made somebody. When you're doing something that's a service around lead generation for outbound or email marketing that's direct to email marketing, it may not be a direct purchase, in which case you need to connect things like Calendly to see, okay, when did that person take a meeting? And then when did they pay? That payment might be six months later. So that should still be attributed to you as a business. It should still be attributed to the service provider but it might take six months for that payment to come in. And so those are the kind of things that we're solving with this and we're using it for ourselves. So it's like, I don't even have to necessarily say, this is going to be so amazing. Here's all the things that's going to be great for us. Look at what we're doing. This is exactly what we're doing. 
This is how we're tracking it. It's working for us. It should work for you too. That kind of thing. I love that. Well, and really what it is, is a direct connection between the problem and the solution and not having this in-between part where you're like, well, I got to talk to a technical professional who could actually figure out the solution that I came up with or that I want. You could just be like, no, it's it's one process. I have a problem. I'll come up with the application to solve the problem. And now I can take it. Yeah, you can take it to market or you could go that next step and and talk to somebody else. 100%. I mean, especially because it's like, when you go to list, I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of you know digital marketing agencies who listen to the podcast. So if you're hearing me, I've gone through this process of like getting evaluation for a marketing agency. Usually it's like one X revenue, maybe a little bit, you know, maybe a little higher. If you're like above a million or above $10 million a year, you might get higher, but it's still pretty low. If you can spin off a separate brand, that's literally just taking all the insights from your marketing agency and plowing it into that software product or that e-commerce product, whatever you want to do those have way higher valuations. So when you're thinking about like growth and selling one day, or even just selling off a piece of your agency or your service business, this is just an obvious thing to do, in my opinion, because you're basically just compounding every dollar that you make into more value, more enterprise value that you can then sell later. So that's how I look at it. I love that. Yeah. And I, you know, we talk about that too, you know, kind of thinking about the exit, even when you're getting started, because if you don't think about like, hey, maybe one day you would want to sell this, then you'll do what I did with my agency, which is nothing. <laughs> you know, where I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm gonna stop doing that now because I don't want to take the time to make the processes. And and for me, I was doing very custom work for every single client. So I was like, ah, eh, you know, I and I was trying to hand it off to the client itself. So I didn't even build a kind of perpetual growth model. It was kind of like I planned on stopping at some point. But if I had Instead, taking that same lesson, you know, create an application out of even the build process. Like, let's go simple and just say, like, hey, here's the planning stages for launching a new brand, and you do these six things, blah blah blah. App form, and it it looks legitimate. I think above anything else, even the valuation. Like, if you say, like, hey, download download my agency's app, like right off the bat, you just ten extra value, right? A hundred percent. And I mean, to get people encouragement to about. You know, I always try to start with the end in mind of like, okay, what what would happen if you spent six months to a year building and scaling a software product? Well, I can tell you, for us, we were able to get the product to thirty two thousand a month in sales in less than seven months, and that when we put it on these third party platforms, um, and I have a video about this actually on my YouTube where I break this all down, but um, we put it on a Founder Path, which is started by this guy named Nathan Latka, and it basically does like third party valuations of software we were able to get it to a $2 million valuation. So I'm just telling you guys, it is it is incredible, especially because at that point, the app was completely built by myself. So if you just factor in like other people developing it and all those costs, it's still, it's such an enormous win, right? It's such an enormous value add that I just, I just can't evangelize this enough. Like I just feel like everyone should be building something with an app nowadays. It's just so valuable, so much value creation, I mean, it's it's incredible. I love that. Well, and to, and to take away any excuse from people listening to this podcast, could you walk through just kind of like what's the basic steps going from like ideation to you know the the no code development to whatever else happens next? So most businesses that probably listen to the show because it's around marketing are probably thinking of ways to either make more money from marketing or to make more money for their clients from marketing. If that's the case, I would start with that kernel of what is something that could make me or them more money? Just focus purely on that. That's it. Just focus up purely on that. Secondly, 
once you've kind of thought through that a little bit, I would use an app, which you might've heard of or used called uh, loom.com. I use it constantly for like transcribing my thoughts because I'll just say something in the app and it will automatically create a transcription. Talk out all your thoughts. It'll automatically take a transcription, copy that transcription, put it in ChatGPT, and then have ChatGPT come up with the rest of the ideas for you. So be like, here's all my thoughts. Can you come up with 10 app ideas or 20 app ideas for this? Then you can go back and forth to ChatGPT. What is the best one? Here's my thoughts. I want one that's kind of like this. I want to focus on that or whatever. And ChatGPT will literally lay it all out for you. And exactly another cool thing and next step with ChatGPT is that you now can also say, which wasn't possible before, well, how do I solve this specific issue with bubble.io? And it will actually search the bubble.io forum and it will give you that exact answer now with the search with Bing plugin that they have on ChatGPT. So you can literally go the entire process of here are my here's my brain dump, come up with an idea, tell me how to build it, and it will literally walk you through exactly how to build it and cite it. So it'll give you the forum link, it'll give you the YouTube link, it'll give you everything, it'll literally give you all that for you to get going on it. So I think when it comes to ideation and getting started, just use the latest tools available and tie it into revenue. So in that way, if you can if you can solve any kind of revenue problem you should be able to monetize it, right? There, there should be some way to monetize it if you can solve any kind of revenue problem. Even if it's only adding like $300 a month to a business, it's a revenue problem that is solved, right? And so I think that's how I typically look at it. Wow, oh, man, I, I love that. Well, and, and for a lot of companies that don't have like a system in place for how they execute their tasks or how they serve clients and all this kind of stuff that you should have, now you have an excuse because you could tie it to a revenue item instead of just saying like, oh, this is uh, it's not going to make more money, but we should do it because it just makes our procedures better. And there's some cost benefit down the way. If you could say, no, if we start selling this thing, we could be, you know, making 5,000 a month or 500 a month, whatever. <laughs> well, exactly. And also remember every incremental dollar you add for a software company is about three times to five times more money. On like a P, on a private equity scale, right? If you're talking VC, it could be up to 10x or even like 50 to 100x, like some of these huge. <laughs> One million like, x, yeah. <laughs> you know, a million x, but you know, usually it's like three to five x. So, but with an agency, it's a dollar. So even if you have a software that does 30,000 a month, it's worth like four to five times that because every incremental dollar in software is worth way more. It can be handed off a lot quicker. The margins are 90% plus. And it's, this, it's still the same margins when you do it in bubble.io or another platform like that. Maybe it's a little bit more expensive, but essentially the reason software grew so much is because it's basically just, it's just pure electricity. You're essentially just selling something that moves at the speed of light, right? And so even if there's a 10X cost increase because of bubble, so instead of maybe paying $100 a month, you're paying $1,000 a month, you're still making a huge margin, like an enormous margin. It might not be 98%, it's 96% still, it's still incredibly large, you know? And so just, I would think about that for people who are looking and like, ah, I'm only making 500 bucks a month in the software. It's still really good. It's still a great move in the right direction. And you can still sell it at any time. You can offload it as a product and sell it to whoever wants to buy it. And that's, I think, the real value ultimately. Oh yeah. Well, and I think it's, uh, you know, like, like I said before, if you say you have an app, like it was, it's funny though, because we all used to say this like a decade ago where it was like, I'm developing an app and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're like a tech king. And you're like, oh, well, you know, I did it 
for free. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because the perception is there. And so above, you know, even increasing the value of your business, increasing your efficiency, increasing, you know, maybe even the services that you sell, the perception value is is through the roof, especially right now. So it's definitely huge. And you can and and also the barrier to entry with AI has now been completely removed. When you start using these tools like Bubble, you can actually plug in ChatGPT instantly. They have plugins. So you can make any app an AI app. So if you want to ride that trend of like building an AI application and get people to use it because it's an AI application, because there's an enormous amount of search volume right now, you could do that in seconds. Just go to bubble.io, create the plugin, and then add it to your app and you can start using and building an AI application. So you can ride that wave really quickly. And that's something that was you know, a little foreign to me. I didn't realize that the barrier to entry for AI has been basically removed, but it has been. It has been. It has. All you have to do is uh, be brave enough to try it and understand that it's not the Terminator. It's just another tool you could use to make money and make your life better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Lucas. This has been fantastic. I think this is a great intro into uh, kind of the no-code, you know, app uh, space that that's blowing up. I uh, would love to have you back soon to kind of get more into the the details and and kind of get into how you're developing your specific business around it. We love case studies, so so we'll be back soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, in the meantime, where can people learn more about you and what you do? So we're putting out a lot of content right now. Uh, if you guys want to follow us, go to twiz.io, T-W-I-Z.io. And uh, if you want to catch any of our resources that we're putting out, blog content, videos, podcasts, just go hit the resources section in the top left. You can access us there. Also, if you search for how to scale an agency podcast, we're the first thing that comes up. So feel free to listen to that if you're interested. Um, but it's been great being on the show. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. I, I think, uh, you know, what you're doing is super exciting. I think it's empowering for marketers and uh, you seem to be a real advocate for digital marketing agencies. So we really appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate it too. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with a friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules, 
in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.